Hi everyone, so this week I'm really excited to share with you um, what became one of my favorite interviews we've done so far. This week we're talking to Candy Tong, who is a dancer with Complexions Contemporary Ballet. Uh, we talked to her a little bit about her incredible life. She's only 24, um, but she's been a graduate student with English National Ballet, did her training at the San Francisco Ballet School um, in the PNB Pro Division, um, and also graduated from the University of California, Irvine with a dance degree. So we're going to talk to her about all of that, um, and we're also going to talk to her about her transition from classical ballet to contemporary ballet. So take a listen. So, Candy, we are super, super excited um, to have you on the podcast. Uh, Candy just got done touring with uh, Compunctious Contemporary Ballet to Long Beach, and she really kindly agreed to take time out of her, well, it's night for you evening for us, um, out of her day to sit down and talk with us about her career. Um, so Candy, we're going to start you off the way we try and start everyone off. Um, you've had a very extensive career, even though you're still very young um, and you've danced a lot of places. Do you mind kind of giving us your backstory? You can, you can be as long or as brief as you want. Of course. Um, so I began dancing when I was three. I am almost 24 years old now. My birthday is on October 12th, so in two days. Happy early birthday. Yeah. Thank you. So I've been dancing for about 20, 21 years, uh, which is quite a long time now that I think about it. I knew at a very young age of nine that I wanted um, to dance professionally, which is also quite insane. Um uh, my parents put me in every single activity possible. So dancing, swimming, basketball, um, drawing, everything you can imagine at a young age at three, like any other normal parent would do. Um, but I found my true love um, again at age nine. And I told my mom, I was like, I want to be enrolled in Sarasota Ballet School. Um, so before that, I was just dancing for fun at a small competition studio in Menlo Park um, in California. And they also advised me to go to Cisco Ballet. So when I auditioned for the school, um, I think I was in the age range of 7 to 10 um, for the audition. And it was the most simple audition I've ever attended. We just did skip across the floor. Um, they tested our splits and, like, uh, I think toe touches, and that was it. Like, or no or nothing. And I was standing there, I was like, this is so weird to me. Like, um, I already began doing dance competitions at the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, I do skits across the floor. I was like, this is so insane. So the teacher who ran the audition noticed that, I guess, I was more advanced than the other girls. She pulled me to another classroom and gave me a whole private audition. I did a bar. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she didn't even turn on the lights in the studio either, which was so funny. <laughs> and she told me after, she's like, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm nine years old. She goes, you are very advanced for us. And I was like, I was like, oh, what do you mean? She's like, you know, usually at age nine, we put them in the lowest level, which is level two. And I was like, level two? And then she's like, you know, um, I'm going to talk to our directors in school ballet school and see if we can put you in level four. I ended up getting a full scholarship to San Francisco Ballet School as well as getting into level four um, at the age of nine. That's crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. Um, so my first year at San Francisco Ballet School was so eye-opening because I didn't know what it was like to be at a pre-professional ballet school where it was super strict, like everyone wanted the same dream as me. They wanted to be a professional ballerina. So to be at that caliber was um, definitely an eye-opening experience. I was not ready for it at all. Like, I would put that out there. I was not ready. I Well, you were nine. <laughs> yeah, I was nine. Uh, and I actually didn't want to go back the next year. Um, but I guess there is something in me that pushed me to, like, you know, keep mm -hmm. going. So I ended up getting moved up to level five, uh, which was a break, a breaking point for me. Um, I think, I, I guess I was 9, 20, 10 in level four. So 10, 11 in level five, I, like, grew immensely. I had mm -hmm. literally and figuratively, like, I had yeah. um, growth, a growth spurt. I had growing pains. 
Um, also, my technique, like, sprouted. I actually got held back um, another year for level five because I was too young to be in level six. Because, again, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be 18 for level four. And you were 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my second year at level five um, was when I was one of the happiest girls alive. Um, mm-hmm. I got casted as Clara for San Francisco Ballet's Nutcracker. Wow. And um, I was the youngest Clara ever of the time. She was. Um, and the only Asian at the time, too. So for me um, to be casted for that role was so amazing. And mm-hmm. it was one of the best experiences of my life. You got to have your final bow. You're the last girl to bow on stage. And you get your own person call. After San Francisco Ballet. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, giving me a round of applause, asking for encore at the Nutcracker, which is <laughs> absurd. Um, <laughs> so fulfilling, and I wanted to cherish that moment forever. So after that year, there was just so much more confidence. Um, and so I went through every level at Cisco Ballet, and I finished in level eight. Um, I just, I think I was 15 at that time. But backtracking a little bit, sorry. Uh, So I think it was end of fifth grade, I knew that I needed to finish school early. So uh, during, I think, the middle middle part of fifth grade, I told my mom, I was like, "Um, like, can we start a middle school? And she was like, okay. She's like, let's do independent learning. And I told her, I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, be homeschooled just homeschool. I was like, I still want a normal life. I still want to see my friends. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go to birthday parties, etc. So we came out with the conclusion of doing half homeschooling and half public school. That way, I could still see my friends and attend all those events mm-hmm. when I could. So I finished um, high school two years early. So, and I only went to my high school for three hours. So I only took three periods at high school. And then Mm -hmm. I went straight to San Francisco Ballet right after. So that was around 1030 in the morning. Yeah. Crazy. So I went to school from 730 to 1030, went to SFB. And then I was still going to my competition studio at the time. So after SFB, which ended around 435, I drove from San Francisco to Menlo Park, which is about a 45 minute drive. Um, Rehearsed all my competition pieces at night. And then I wouldn't get home until, like, 9.30, and that's when I would do my independent learning. What a life. What a day. (laughs) Well, a lot of my homework happened in the car with such dim lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, All of my meals in my car changed in my car. And I really have my mom to thank for driving me everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's the only way I could get my school done. Um, I was still able to see my friends, which... I am so grateful for. I still attended prom. I still attended homecoming. So I always knew I wanted that balance because I think it is important to have that in your life because ballet or just dance in general really consumes you. For sure. Especially now as a professional dancer, I make sure that after work, I see a whole other different person that's not affiliated within the arts. Mm. The arts really consume you and but yeah, backtracking to my story, um, where did I leave off? I totally forgot. Um, your life graduated is high school early, and... finished SFB, <laughs> amazing I things. Early, and I finished SFB at fifteen. So that's when I decided to move to New York by myself. Uh, <laughs> age of fifteen, yeah. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So I did that because I wanted to train with two specific teachers in New York City. Um, their names are Francois Caron, which is a French teacher, uh, French ballet teacher, and Drew Jacoby, who's mm. uh, a world-renowned contemporary yeah. ballet dancer. Um, and that really was my first taste of contemporary ballet, and I was so resistant of doing it. Like, yeah. I was such a bunhead at the time. <laughs> I really did not want to do contemporary ballet. I think I, like, really didn't... Um, taken everything that she poured out for me and I regret that so much mm-hmm. um so, and I was just not receptive of it at all so I trained with them for a year um that's when I did the Helsinki International Ballet Competition to Finland in Finland mm-hmm. um and from there 
that summer, I got a position with uh, Pacific Northwest Ballet for their PD division, which is their professional division, mm-hmm. which is also known as their training at other um, pre-professional ballet schools. Yeah. So I also had a dream to be a Balanchine dancer. <laughs> Um, and P&B was a happy middle between San Francisco Ballet and New York City Ballet. Yeah, where yeah really. Um, and since I was classically trained, I thought it was a great middle ground. However, um, Balanchine was not for me, and P&B was not for me, I realized. So I actually left in the middle of the program. Um, I knew I couldn't stick it out because mm-hmm. if it wasn't something I was passionate about, like why, why waste yeah. my time? For sure. So I moved back home after Seattle, began doing more competitions to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And that was the year I won uh, Miss Dance of California. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I believe I was age 17. Wow. Yeah, 17. That makes sense. 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that regional competition. Then I went to nationals. I got fourth runner up um, out of the whole country. And then... From there, <laughs> I got asked to go to London for English National Ballet. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge jumping point. I've yeah. already moved to New York City alone, but moving across the pond, literally, I, it was scary for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I was willing to move across the world by myself to attend this amazing program with such amazing teachers. Um at ENB, I grew a lot. I got to work with, um, let's see, William Forsyth. I got to work with the company of Ron Bear. Mm-hmm. I got to work with um, Cedar Lake, as well as perform with English National Ballet themselves. I got to do Le Corsair, Nutcracker, and work with Tamara Rojos, who was, who was an absolutely amazing answer. Yeah, really. Um, and yeah. the school itself is like, it's so good. The curriculum is amazing. We start at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. That's early, man. Wow. And we finish at 6 p.m. Oh, my gosh. It's oh. a long day. So it starts <laughs> technique class, point, repertoire, lunch, and then it'd be repertoire and then contemporary or modern or jazz. Um, but they're... Not only was their ballet um, program good, but the contemporary classes that we got were phenomenal. Um, and that's... I think the starting point of when I realized that contemporary ballet can be a spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because so with ENB, their school, they brought in directors every week because that was the graduate year. So they brought in directors to see uh, basically like a uh, private audition. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the directors that came were from classical companies, um, rarely from contemporary companies. And there was when I realized, I was like, I don't know if I want to be in a classical company anymore because I, A, I was sick and tired of doing classical variations. I've been doing them my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I've already been in the court of ballet since SFB. Yeah. So for me to be in the back just posing in a B plus for 10 minutes was not something that excited me anymore. Why ever not? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And just the feeling of... I guess being your own artist as a contemporary ballet dancer really brought joy to me. And I felt like I could be my own dancer mm-hmm. on stage. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really realize that until the end of the year when we had our perform- like end of year showcase, I guess. The choreographer, Carrie Nichols, who does a lot for Juilliard, actually pulled me aside and like gave me like a solo within the piece and told me that I could pursue a career in this field. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really believe her. Like even the director of the school told me that I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh no. Like, you know, I had to stick to my classical ballet. This is what I've been doing for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of pushed that aside. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew it was somewhere there in the back corner. Um, but I, during that um, year at ENB, I came back to America to audition as well as in Europe. Um, I got a few offers. Um, one of them was Norwegian National Ballet. I got an apprentice there. Um, my visa fell through. Oh! Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Valley Memphis, I was very close to getting a job. 
Um, they told me I was too tall at the time. So there's like a few options. And then the winner was Ballet West too. Uh, and Ballet West was like one of my dream companies at the time. I really wanted to work for Adam Sloot. Um, I thought his dancers were so um, overrated. Like they're beautiful dancers and they don't get, they didn't get as much recognition as I do now. It was like before, I think, Breaking Point, the show. Yeah, I I yeah. Gotta love Breaking Point. <laughs> um, Iconic. <laughs> knew about Valley West mm-hmm. um but I suffered from a stress factor in my oh. second parcel Ooh. um and they told me not to come which I totally understand because I'd be entering the season injured and there's no point yeah right so my plan b was college hey yeah <laughs> the thing is I was supposed to already attend college the year I attended E&B, so I deferred my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, flashback to two years ago, when I was, um, when I graduated high school in 2013, my mom told me, she's like, you know, Kenny, you should apply for college as a backup in case something happens, you know, mm-hmm. in case you don't want to dance, you want to dance where you want to quit or you mm-hmm. get injured. Yeah. I was like, oh, mom, I was like, that's not going to happen. Like, I want to dance for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get injured, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't want to apply for college. Like, that was not something I wanted to do because as a dancer who spent most of her life in the studio, we look at college as something negative. We frown upon college. It's like, yeah. why do you attend college? Why do you need a degree for this? You know, mm-hmm. it's like kind of like the, oh, she didn't make it into the professional world. Yeah, it's hyper exactly. stigmatized. Exactly. So stigmatized. That yeah. was my mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents forced me to do it, so I did it. I can't say no to that. Um, and I am so thankful they made me do yeah. it because otherwise, I don't know what I would have been doing after yeah. eating. Mm-hmm. So... After EMB, I had to go to UCI, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I really did not want to attend. And every person I met at UCI knows this, as well as every professor. Um, <laughs> I told Diane, who, and I believe Tong, I had a meeting with both of them, I think on the first day of school, that I did not want to be here. To <laughs> amazing. UCI as fast as possible. And... They were actually okay with that answer. They even asked me, they're like, why are you even here? Like, you should be dancing professionally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree. I really don't want to be here. Like, this is the last place I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I told them, I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to finish these credits as soon as possible so I can be back in the concert world. Yeah. And they were very supportive. They are very supportive yeah. professors. Yeah. I was very surprised. They allowed me to take 32 units each quarter of my freshman year. Um, you have to think that I did not take any APs in high school because I had to finish early as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do all my GE credits. Yeah. Oh, my God. In college. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I did – my schedule was, like, 8 a.m. to uh, – I had – rehearsals for like senior theses and grad theses uh, so I think it was like eleven thirty. I finished Ugh. just 8 a.m to the next 8 a.m and just like keep going <laughs> just never sleep. continues so I have the mentality of go big or go home so I always want to mm-hmm. whenever I dive into something I want to put in my whole effort and like take in whatever it has to offer so I definitely did every show possible my freshman year yeah mm-hmm. I did Newslate, I did Dance Vision, I did Physical Graffiti, I did, uh, what's the other one? The fourth, the, the other grad performance? Oh, Dance Escape, yeah. I think I did three senior theses and two grad theses that year. That's Jeez. so many. I yeah. I can't even imagine what my schedule, like, what my life would be like if I was doing this to that caliber. I yeah. really don't recommend it, and I've heard <laughs> Kelly Clark talk about me so many times, the incoming freshman. You know, I she talked about it to us in kinesiology last year, and I told her the other day we were going to be interviewing you, and she was like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> I love her so much. Um, but as well as the dance department, I joined a sorority too. Um, yeah, so Crazy. I, again, this whole balance, since I was a little girl, I yeah. want that 
normal life and dance life. Mm-hmm. And that was like, the only way for me to really enjoy my time at college because, again, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have no idea that my first day arriving to UCI, I begged my parents to drive me back home. Like, because I've been living on my own since I was 15, and the fact that I have to live in a dorm with yeah. two mates that and I couldn't cook I couldn't you know there was like yep. no uh, yeah res- like I couldn't be yeah. who I wanted to be so first year was definitely not the best um but I made the most of it for sure um I got to dance a lot but unfortunately I got injured again because of my workload it was a I don't even remember what the injury was but I remember it was a quick recovery um so after that I I still even auditioned my first year. Um, I got a contract with a small company in San Francisco, but it was only a seasonal contract. It was with, um, shoot, San Francisco Dance Company, SMDC. Mm-hmm. And he only works from fall and spring. And so yeah. I was like, what am I going to do in the winter? Like, go back to UCI for a quarter? Like, that won't, that won't help me at all. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back to UCI for the second year, and I wanted to pick up a minor. Yeah. So I my business minor hey yeah um and then so that year I finished my um I think I finished all my performances that year for my BFA Mm -hmm. and you got through all six and that's crazy yeah (laughs) and I got a random call in the end of October from what is now my dream company um complexions Mm -hmm. I got a call from the valley mistress um at the time who was uh, Christina Johnson she called me she's like hey Kimmy like are you free in November we would really love to have you on tour with us in Ukraine wow I was like <laughs> oh oh I was like, okay yeah, I would love to I was like, what? I'm in college currently like I'm literally in the middle of um, college and I have to complete because um, I think it was jazz three at the time um, and it's yep. only offered during the fall I believe Mm-hmm. Uh, and I couldn't miss that because I had to graduate because I wanted to graduate early. Uh, so I told her that situation. And the great thing about complexion is that they're all for college. They're all for education. So they advised me to finish college as fast as I could and to stick with that so they could so I could dance with them after. That's so cool that they were really willing to work with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So that tour didn't happen with them, with them, which is unfortunate, but everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah, um, of course. So then I got another call from Mr. Dwight Roden himself, um, the director, in December, tell, asking me to join them for their pre-professional division, which was their inaugural season. It took place in January at the time, and it was a four-week program and at the end of the fourth week you got to perform with the company on stage at the Joyce Theater um so that was so exciting um that was like when I really got to work with Dwight and Desmond Mm -hmm. uh and that was I think the first initial talk where they wanted me to um join the company in the future so I held on to that connection, kept coming back to their summer intensives or whatever intensive they had in New York, um, and made sure that, I guess, a chat was always feasible for the mm-hmm. future. So I believe that summer, the end of sophomore year, is when Dwight asked me when I was going to graduate. And then I told him, I was like, well, um, this is the end of my second year. I can graduate next year if possible. And he told me, like, make it happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, like, I'll try to graduate tomorrow if I could. <laughs> um, so I attended their audition audition that I think it was, like, a week after I had that talk with him. And it was down between me and this other girl. And I knew with complexions, um, the way they had their audition process is they try to replace a girl for a girl or a boy for a boy meaning ethnicity, um, hair color, height, etc. Oh, wow. And to be honest, that's how it works for every company. Um, Unfortunately, but it's the truth. So it was between me and another Asian girl, but the only difference is that our height difference, she's like 5'4", and I'm like 5'10". 
So <laughs> they ended up going with the shorter girl. And the only disappointing fact between all that was the dancers in the company told me before the emails went out that I had the job. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was so, like, I was on a high. Like, I was so excited that I got to move to New York City. And, like, yeah. I leave school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't end up getting it. So I quickly finished the next year at um, UCI, and I finished – uh, oh, wait, sorry, I told this story so wrong. <laughs> sorry, so the pre-pro happened my last year of college. So that was my two and a half. So that was, like, technically my third year. Yeah. So the second year of college was, like, uh, all daisies and roses. Like, I loved it, okay? Like, there wasn't really anything exciting that happened the second yeah. year. But it was the third year. <laughs> so the fall is when uh, Jasmine happened, and I got all those calls from Complexions. And I attended the Joyce, and UCI allowed me to leave school for a quarter um, mm-hmm. to do that. And so I came back. I think I the only class I took when I came back to school was I did one ballet class just to be, like, enrolled. Um, yeah. So then I graduated school. I didn't have a job with complexions, like, right off the bat. Um, so I had, like, I think three or four months without a job. Um, and... So I really didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, oh, I'm like every other dancer who has no like tangible job. Um, So I'm just going to be a freelancer, which is so, um, I guess, scary and wishy-washy. Like you don't really know what's going to like be offered in front of you. So I moved back home to San Francisco. Um, I actually wasn't really dancing that much. I didn't know if I wanted to dance at the time because um, I didn't get complexions right off the bat. And because I auditioned for other companies such as um, National Ballet of Marseille in France, um, it came down between me and two other girls again. And Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they told me, they're like, oh, we would really love to have you here, but your American visa is a problem. Mm. And I was like, oh, not this story again. Like, I've been through this already. Right. So I was already, I was like super down at the time. I was like, I'm not getting any job. And it's not because of my technique or my performance. It's because of yeah. things that I physically can't fix. Yeah. Um. So during those four months, I just took open class at Lions Ballet every every day. Wow. Like, keep my foot in the door. Uh, but I also was a physical therapist assistant. Because um, that was always a field that I wanted to get into when I was younger, if mm-hmm. I actually went to school for mm-hmm. four years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, again, somehow Complexions loves to give me surprise calls. <laughs> so, on December 26th, I got a phone call at, I believe it was 3 p.m. in the afternoon, telling me, it was Desmond, telling me that I got offered a contract with Complexions Contemporary Ballet. And well, that I had to move to New York. Yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas. That I had to move to New York in two weeks. <laughs> two oh, weeks. my gosh. Yeah, for their um, season start on January 2nd. And... I was at Disneyland at the time. <laughs> Literally, so ironic. It's like, dreams come true at Disneyland. It's a day after Christmas. Like, what more can I ask for? Yeah. So I was elated. Like, everything just happened to fall in place at mm-hmm. the right time. Um, and it was just so crazy to me because I was on the verge of, like, not wanting to dance anymore. Like, I went through – that was when I started my blog um, mm-hmm. when I – you know, wanted to write and, like, reach out to specifically college dancers and the younger generation to voice my opinion, like, to tell them that it's okay to feel the way that I felt. I felt lost. I felt Mm -hmm. um, unwanted, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. My height was a problem. So it was, like, almost therapeutic for me to, like, voice my opinion and, like, to show that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized during those four months that timing is everything. Like your technique can be 
beyond perfect. Um, your body can be beyond perfect, but mm-hmm. it really comes down to what they're looking for at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all fell into place. And um, here I am today on my third season with complexions. Yeah. I am loving every moment. It's my dream company. I get mm-hmm. to tour if not every week, every other week around the world. We've been to Ukraine, Jamaica, Germany for a month, and we're going back next summer for seven weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've been to Italy. I've been to over, I think, 20 states so far. Um, Yeah, so it's amazing. There's so many opportunities within Complexions. I've done runway shows. Um, We've done sponsorships with different companies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a whole experience that I'm living that I absolutely love. Um, and I get to live in my favorite city in the world. Um, I've lived in many metropolis cities already, so Mm -hmm. it's been wonderful. That's so crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I feel like I left some stuff out, but... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Crazy. That's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy how the timing all falls into place. Like when I we did our interview last week with Karen Wing, who's also a UCI grad, she oh. was talking about the same concept how like timing is kind of everything and like we were talking about like what it's like to go to college and then transition into being yeah. a professional and she was saying like it's hard and you go through like hard times, but like the timing always works itself out somehow. Right. in the end which is very it's a very nice inspiring sentiment yeah. to have and to like broadcast definitely sure. I mean even in like Colin and I obviously haven't had the grandeur of your career and of your yeah. training um <laughs> but even within what I've done um training in San Diego and then coming to UCI mm-hmm. timing played a huge yeah. huge factor in when I went to college and mm-hmm. in when I left my not-so-serious studio and went to my more serious one. Like, yeah. timing was a huge factor. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I was 20, 21. Yeah. So it took a long time yeah. to realize that. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like that stretch from, like, probably 17 until you're, like, maybe 21, 22, and you kind of, like, settle into a company. I mean, whenever that happens for anybody, like, that period of time, I feel like, everybody that I meet that I dance with on the company that I'm at now and like people that I was friends with in high school and stuff who are in college like everybody that's in that kind of age range feels that like oh I'm lost where do I go next like should I go this way should I go that way I'm not really sure and yeah it's really like I think it's a very like universal thing but it's like very like inspiring to see people whose careers have like worked out and I think it's honest. It's the most vulnerable time too, really? because you okay. can really go from one spectrum to the other. Like, it's so easy to quit during that time, mm-hmm. but it's also the most. It's like the best time to keep pushing and like yeah. finding your motivation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really, because it can happen. It really can. Yeah, for That's sure. So, so nice and inspiring. Yeah, I know. Really, it's so nice to hear. Is like that age range but yeah so you talk about this on your blog which is candytong.live a lot but you are not silent about the doubts that you've had during your career and the difficult times you face dancing kind of going off what we were talking about what do you do to be so open and like honest about your career and like how do you approach that um I think the reason why I am so honest about it is because I feel like not very many dancers are open or willing to talk about it Mm -hmm. I don't know why we're so scared to talk about it it's could be because of the world the dance world how it's been created that we have to be this certain um Mm -hmm. persona or figure um and I guess because I'm not that typical bunhead anymore Mm um I am I guess more of the modern uh, ballerina where I feel like I can break the boundary um, yeah. and I think the younger generation needs to know that mm-hmm. that um, yes. Yes. you know all these problems within the world it's real like yeah. we need to sit uh, we can't sugarcoat anything like mm-hmm. this world is cutthroat like yeah. it's 
not something anyone can do. You need the passion. You need the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just have technique. Like there's so many, so many dancers I know um, who are child prodigies yeah. um, who climb to principal roles when they're 16, 17, but totally quit when they're 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because of uh, maybe their dance mom or dance dad, yeah. or they just didn't have the passion for it. Yeah. Um, so when I went to college, I realized there was just so, there was like a lot of, um, I guess, stereotypes or right. like people were so Good. skeptical, skeptical mm-hmm. of dance majors. And I was just getting so frustrated about it. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I had the platform um, mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, specifically with the whole, oh, you're a dance major. What are you going to do with it? Like, I'm so tired of that I question. Stop asking me. Remember how I said earlier that that was my mentality. Mm-hmm. So I can see both ways. So for me yeah. to talk about it, it was, you know, I felt like I, not necessarily that, everything I say is right, but I felt like I had the right to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's like a big reason we wanted to start this just because Mm -hmm. like there is, I mean, I have a little sister that dances. Kalena has a little sister that dances. Mm -hmm. I just RA'd for AB2 over the summer. So I met 5 million little bunheads and was in charge of them for three weeks. And it just being around like, younger kids it does make you want to be real with them about Mm -hmm. ballet and I or not just ballet in general but dance in general and like the more honest you are I feel like the better prepped for the reality of it they are and so like definitely when I came to college I had similar like prejudices of you know I'm here and I'm happy to be here I worked hard to be here but does this mean that I won't ever be professional does everyone look down on me for this? And I I also had a meeting with Diane and went in and basically said, mm-hmm. I want to come out of this a ballet dancer. I don't really understand how to get through this program as a ballet dancer because it's so versatile, which now I consider a strength. I really enjoy yeah. my modern and jazz classes. But at the beginning, um, and someone she mentioned to me was you. She said, well, you know, Candy Tong went through this program. And so I looked you up on Instagram and I went, okay, well, I'm not her, but I am going to be inspired by her. And I came mm-hmm. across your blog. And so this is all just to say, like, you, through being so honest about your career, really helped me through my yeah. freshman year. And so we're hoping, like, that what we're doing, yeah, someone finds it when the timing is right for them mm-hmm. and it helps them through a hard time and keeps them going on to the next step in their dance career. Yeah, really. means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really appreciate that because I, all I want to do is give back to you guys, to the younger generation and making sure, like, even just one person, like, that I'm changing their life or their perspective means so much to me. Well, you definitely did. Yeah, I had a couple, like, I teach a lot, and I had a couple of the moms at my studios come up and say, like, oh, like, do you think, like, my daughter should listen to this? Like, is it age-appropriate? Should she listen? And I was like, yes, that's the whole point. Like, <laughs> I want yeah. your da- like your daughter specifically to listen to it. Like, when I teach, I sometimes find myself going off on rants about, like, don't let ballet discourage you and blah, 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 and ballet's hard. And they all kind of look at me like, shut up. We're doing we're doing releves. I've been on point for two weeks. But, like, <laughs> but I'm like, it's so important. So I feel like I need it's good to have like a platform and to use that to like spread positive like the good the good messages about how hard ballet is like it's not like we're out here trying to be like everybody listen up ballet sucks and it's awful and you're gonna hate your life it's more like we want to educate you that we're not gonna be like dancing sugar plum fairy megan fairchild style when we're 18 like we're not (laughs) it's gonna take a while took a while for everybody so yeah so at this point we're gonna throw it to a break as usual we will be back in just a minute talking to candy tong hey everybody kalena here before we keep going with this amazing interview let's take a quick break to talk about on the other foot i know as if we haven't talked about it enough 
On the Other Foot is currently entirely run and produced by two college students and funded by the little change in our piggy banks, as well as the generosity of our guests and contributors. If you'd like to support On the Other Foot, consider making a contribution by becoming a supporter through Anchor. You can become a supporter today by navigating to our Anchor page and clicking Support This Podcast. Your contribution supports conversations between dancers, teachers, and all regular people who are a part of the On the Other Foot community. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of this episode. Okay, we are back talking to Candy Tong, very esteemed dancer with Complexions Contemporary Ballet. And we are talking about the transition from classical to contemporary and what going on a crazy journey in your career is like and how everybody goes through that. So, first of all, Jane. (laughs) So, um... (laughs) You talked a lot about, like, leaving the door with complexion specifically, but I assume you left the door open with lots of companies. Um, this is actually a question I had asked one of my friends if they had any questions they wanted to ask you. Um, so this comes from a UCI student. Um, but she was curious, like, how did you go about using your connections? I have the word leveraging in the question, and that makes it seem devious, like, oh, you leveraged your connections. But there you do have to be willing to keep your connections and use them and put yourself out there. And so I was just wondering if you had any tips on how to do that or anything specifically you did that really helped you, especially since you went from classical to contemporary. So with connections, um, like any other field, Mm -hmm. to obtain a job, it's all about networking. Um, Even in the ballet world, I realized that, again, it it's not about really technique. It's about who you know and timing. Um, so specifically with complexions, I knew that if I didn't show face every so often, my chances of getting the job was not feasible or as tangible as it could have been. Um, because um, I had advice from the dancers in the company, they told me I need to show up at every intensive possible. Um, just so that Dwight and Desmond remember your face and see the, I guess, improvement each time. Yeah. Um, so that 100% led me to the job that I have today. Mm-hmm. Um, and another example was with, um, SFDC. Um, I attended, the director was D Montalvo. He teaches at lines every so often. I think he's a mm-hmm. teacher now. There's also ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took his classes at lines three times a week. Yeah. Um, He knew me as Mm -hmm. a dancer, as a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and his company is super small. It's almost like a project. Yeah. Um, so he trusted me as a dancer and as a person. Mm -hmm. So that led to the hiring process. So, um, as for connections, it's really about showing face. I told, um, one, another UCI student, her name is Sadie Sandoval. Sadie. Yeah. A good friend of mine. Um, I told her to start auditioning her junior year. Uh, and I told this to a fellow, to other juniors at UCI. I was like, you need to audition starting now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's too late to start your senior year because, they've only seen you once and most companies want you to be at their summer intensives or at their winter intensives before you join the company, mm-hmm. just so they know that you are familiar with their repertoire. Um, so they know that they're familiar you as with you as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, because how are they supposed to gain trust with you? If they don't really know who, who you are, unless you're like someone extremely spectacular, like out of this world, like Maria Kochkova. Yeah, it's really hard to get a job Mm -hmm. Um, it's very rare to be honest for them to hire you on the spot without knowing you yeah right and if they do sometimes they know your teachers they know Mm -hmm. your past directors etc yeah um so my advice really is start auditioning your junior if not sophomore like Mm -hmm. it even though even if you get a job your sophomore year it's okay to turn it down and let them know you're getting a college degree because so many companies nowadays are so receptive of them. They want you to have that. Yeah. Um, so it's 
also a good experience to get your name out there I and mean, to get your face out there as well as getting your name out there. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like even at those big schools like like Vaganova Academy and like SAB and big academies yeah. like that, like when you are – I mean, I don't know. I've obviously never been to one, but I mean, the whole point of those schools is that they are kind of feeding into the professional right. world. So like like when you were at English National Ballet, they actually yeah. brought the directors to you to watch you. They know your teachers. They can talk to you. So like anything you can do to kind of like replicate that environment where you're getting exposed to these people really, really early is like really crucial. And it's something that I've had to face a lot because like, when I was in high school, I was very, like, I'm just going to audition my senior year. Like, I'm not going to waste my time and, like, go pay for auditions when, like, I'm not – like, I don't want to have to say no to people. But as I get older, I see it's more and more important to – even if you're planning on turning an offer down to go and to, like, show your face and say, like, I'm interested and then maybe come back the next year and say, I'm interested again, <laughs> you know, until until they offer you something at the same time that you're looking for something. Right. Exactly. I will say that seems like as a college sophomore I I have considered doing that this year just for foot in the door but it's such a daunting thing it really is to keep putting yourself out there being like I don't know how this will go Mm -hmm. but honestly the younger you face it the more comfortable you'll be when you actually are looking for the job Mm -hmm. Um, I started auditioning when I was 15 yeah. And of course that year I was like, oh my God, like I'm dancing next to like 19, 20 year olds who have had so much experience, mm-hmm. but that's because they've also been doing it since they were 15. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, the more you audition, the better it'll be. Mm-hmm. I 100% yeah. promise you. Yeah. Like you'll be sure. so comfortable. You'll feel like, oh, I can whip out triple, quadruple pirouettes. I can mm-hmm. get my legs here with no problem. I have so much confidence, etc. Yeah. yeah. And it's honestly like, it doesn't, again, your technique can't like it doesn't have to be um the most perfect that yeah. day yeah it's your confidence mm-hmm. um they're, that's what they're looking for your yeah. confidence your presence your personality because um again i was doing mainly ballet auditions you would see them you know that super prestigious big ego sometimes very stuck up attitude yeah they're not looking for that most of the time. They're looking yeah. for that fun, like super smiley, not mm-hmm. the fake smile. Granted, yeah. there's a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but they just want to see personality and they mm-hmm. want to see your dancing. They just don't want to hire another look alike, even though they do, but they want to have, you know, a coworker that's fun to work with. Yeah. Want to work on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend going to auditions now <laughs> yeah really so what would you say to dancers who feel very like married to a specific style what like tips do you have for kind of getting out of your comfort zone and moving around and doing different kinds of stuff that maybe you're not so comfortable with um well the college program definitely helps um you nowadays have to be so versatile and even if you're super uncomfortable like I'm so uncomfortable with doing hip-hop even sometimes yeah. <laughs> grew up in a competition studio like I'm still very uncomfortable with it Mm -hmm. but granted complexions we do every style Mm -hmm. um we incorporate hip-hop we incorporate jazz we incorporate tap modern etc um so for me I actually am so inspired by those type of dancers like I want to be like them now and I really wish I had that mentality when I was younger um like when I was about when I was in the competition studio, uh, my teachers, my ballet teachers and my parents really forced me to do the other styles, for example, jazz and hip hop. Like, oh, I was like, no, like I'm so bad. I can't do that. Like, that's just not me. But mm-hmm. it's better to face your um, fears now yeah, really. than in the professional world. Mm-hmm. Because professional world, if you can't do it, what are they going to do? Cut you from the role, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want that to happen. Like you want to get all your fears out now, yeah. like do all you can in college, do all you can in high school. Um, just, mm-hmm. it's okay to look ugly. Like that's what our directors yeah. tell us. It's okay to look ugly. Like in order to be the pretty or like the super, um, I guess elite dancer, yeah. like you gotta experience every style. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay to, 
not be amazing at it. Like, at least you know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. Um, So to transition from one style to the other, you really got to test out all your options first. Yeah. Um, You really won't know. And if you keep staying in your comfort zone, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Like, what's exciting about it? Like, it's not fun to be safe. And I didn't realize that until much later again. Yeah. Um, Like, the end of college, I was like, what's the point of sticking to classical ballet? Like, Mm -hmm. again, why do I want to be in the quarter ballet for so long? Like, it's it's not fun to me. I already know every variation possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been in the quarter ballet for so long. Like, (laughs) Um, so I think it's exciting. It was like very exciting for me to enter a new realm of the dance world of contemporary ballet, where there was so much more freedom to be your own artist. My first year at Complexions, I was, you could point me out as a classical dancer for sure. (laughs) Um, because I didn't really know how to move my spine or like Mm -hmm. my head, like, Yes, I did a lot of modern, like, contemporary in the past few years prior, Mm -hmm. but it was still so scary for me to let go on stage. Um, Definitely. The more I took classes outside of complexion, such as hip-hop, jazz, modern, I got more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. It comes with time. Again, timing is time. Really? Yeah. It definitely does come with time. I mean, even... I... I wish I had realized what you had just told me now in high school, so I could have mm-hmm. started actually mm-hmm. paying attention in my modern and contemporary classes in high school. But I remember coming back to school this year and starting at, like, base zero last year for modern. Like, I got put in modern two. It's our lowest modern level. All of my friends, like, for, did a very good job of being like, just try, Jane. Like, you have to take the class. Please apply <laughs> yourself, or we're, like, not going to look at you in class. And... <laughs> And then we came in this year, and we started Modern Theory. We picked up right where we left off and just jumped into it. And I remember right. I had this moment of, like, wow. Like, I feel so much more comfortable, and I don't feel like I look ugly anymore. And I wish I had yeah. started this sooner. Yeah. I definitely feel like, like, when I came and saw Dance Escape last year, like, I took Contemporary with you for an entire year. And, like, I mean, we were all we were all classically trained. We all knew how to move. We all had good technique, turned out, pointed feet, all that. But like seeing you after a year of being like exposed to like and like I don't know, like just getting more confident in modern, like on stage in the what what was that piece called? The one with Clicka. the like, Clicka with all the old television ads. I was like Again, I said this in the last podcast, but it was another moment that I was like, Jane? <laughs> is that is that Jane? Like, a couple times Quinn was like, is that Jane? Is that Jane over there? I'm like, yeah, that's... Still yeah, her. I guess so. Yeah, that's Jane. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's crazy. what she does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also feel like, like, the older you get, the harder it is to kind of expose yourself to these other styles. Like, I find myself now feeling like, man, like, I should have done more jazz when I was little, or I should have done hip-hop, or, you know, I should have done tap, I... You know, I should have stuck with gymnastics for longer and learned more acro, you know, stuff like that. And it, it gets me feeling very like, you know what, like, I was too scared to do it then and I'm too scared to do it now. Like, there's, that's not going to change, so I might as well go and, like, try and experience it because, like, I'm always going to feel this way unless I go and fix it kind yeah. of thing. Actually, you know, what's funny is that I felt that way in college, mm-hmm. but as soon as you leave college all of your worries, like, that disappears. Yeah. Because once you're in the, like, real dance world, you're like, wow, I'm so stupid of thinking of like that, like, mm-hmm. in college. Because I feel like in college, we're so narrow-minded. And yeah. there's just so many, op- like, outside opinions, unnecessary opinions. Like, mm-hmm. people are so judgmental in college. No offense. But, <laughs> it's no, true. It's, it's, it's very true. true. Because we're just so worried what other people will think, and, like, we're so worried if we're going to get a job, etc. But once you're graduated, I will bet you, you will not think that. You will want to try it, because you get inspired. Like, social media is amazing nowadays. Like, even it's, it's a thing, and it's a curse, really. But I'm so inspired by, like, you guys, like, the younger generation who does, like, everything. Like, I want to do that. I want to mm-hmm. try those moves um it's just like 
I think school creates this mentality or this mindset that we need to stick what stick with what we're good at, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, really. Um, and that's something I haven't really addressed yet on my blog, and I think I should because I just I don't know really what it is about that mindset that's been created in college, but mm-hmm. it's definitely there. Yeah, and I don't. yeah I definitely noticed that um my first year being an apprentice because this is my second year doing an apprenticeship with City Ballet and definitely my first year I was very like every day in class like everybody is watching me right now like there's 60 people in the room who is looking at me everybody's looking at themselves like having people in the room I was very like oh my gosh so and so is looking at me like this person is looking at me like, oh my gosh, they're going to like hate me because I like fell out of that double pirouette. I like took one hop and like so hard on yourself and feeling like I can't do it. Like stick to what I'm good at. Like I'm just going to put pointers on and just stick to a double today because I haven't been having doing good turn days. Like and now I'm like in class and I put in force for like eight turns and I end up with three and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I walk off and it's like I'm working hard. Yeah. As long as you're working hard, I feel like nobody is going to be like, oh, like what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only people that really get scrutinized, I feel like, are people who are standing on the side, yeah. wasting away. Those right. are the only people I ever notice. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's like, why are you worrying about someone else? This yeah. is like, exactly. you're there for yourself yeah. and you're there to perform for an audience. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no time to waste. Yeah. To- to think about another person. <laughs> yeah, really. And especially sure. when you're young, you're trying to develop yourself and you're trying to develop yeah. your own thing. And that was something that last year I think I skimped out on a lot because I was very like, okay, I have to be an adult now because I'm in a real company. And this year I'm like, I'm like, I'm the 20 year old in this company. I'm just going to relax <laughs> and work hard and do it for myself rather than other people because what's the point of doing it for anybody else if you're not enjoying it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that focus on yourself is a really good message to end with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's late where you are, Candy, and <laughs> you did you did such an amazing job of like. So we give everyone like an outline of questions we're gonna ask them to make sure they're comfortable with it. And Candy, like bang, 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 got so many of the questions. Couldn't really? have answered them better. Did our job for us. Like the script um, has been lowered you. down to four questions. <laughs> <laughs> But we had the whole conversation that we wanted to have, so like, and it was awesome, amazing. So you already have so many thousands of followers on your Instagram, but do you want us to plug it anyway for all twenty people that listen to us? (laughs) (laughs) The more the merrier. So you can follow Candy um, on Instagram at CandyTong12. I would highly recommend it because it's like one of the coolest Instagrams I've ever seen. Yes. And your blog is candytong.live. Candytong.live. Yes, to read all of her amazing thoughts about her wonderful, illustrious 23, two days before 24 career. Happy early birthday. Um, We are so happy and lucky to have you on. It's such a pleasure to have somebody who's had such an illustrious and crazy career on our little teeny tiny podcast (laughs) trying to get our name out there but it's really cool and it's awesome to have these conversations like obviously our goal is for the audience but even just for the two of us like every time we record an episode with like people from the outside we text each other and we're like like that was as good for me as it was for everybody else and I just hope that I just hope that everybody listening gets as much out of this as we did because it's incredible great stuff it's like so fun and it's been so rewarding to have these conversations with like you and with all these people that we've talked to so far it's great so thank you so much and thank thank you so much for giving us the time great talking to you guys we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of on the other foot we want to connect with you on days other than tuesday so be sure to follow us on instagram and facebook at otherfoot.pod and visit our website to learn more about how On the Other Foot started and join our mailing list. If you have any questions for me and Jane or would like to suggest a topic or guest, email us at ontheotherfoot.podcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us. We want to offer you all discount codes and annoy you with sponsorship ads, and we cannot do that unless you subscribe. So please do it now.
And above all, thanks for listening. It really means a lot to us. We hope you tune in to On the Other Foot next week for more conversation on the world of dance.